So what's in a name? We all have one, and none of us really had much say about it. (laughs) But there is something powerful about a name. Parents obsess over what to name their, their kid. How can it be, you know, unique enough but not too flashy? We want kind of normal but not too normal. We want it interesting but not too teasable. You know what I'm saying? Businesses obsess over what to name their companies. And you know what? It actually matters more than you think. Think about it. You would not want to eat at a restaurant if it was called Garbage Grub. (laughs) What? Oh, boy. I can't repeat that. (laughs) Roadkill? Yeah. You don't want to eat at the roadkill shop. Or, you know, like even name, like who named Hell, Michigan? You know what I mean? The, the city, Hell, Michigan. Who was behind that? That's the worst possible name for a city you can have. I don't want to go there. We sign our names to validate and to authorize things. We put our names behind something to show our full support of it and our backing of it. You know, I'm Kevin Sanders. I approve this message, that kind of thing. People insult us. We say, they dragged my name through the mud. Or they'll say, it's my name we're talking about here. When we say our vows, or if we make an official oath to something, we do it proclaiming our proper name. I, Kevin Frederick, take you, Mary Margaret, to be my lawfully wedded wife, right? There is something powerful about a name. For a name is more than a name. A name represents who we are. When people hear your name, what do you think they think? The guiding question for how we're living our lives, when people think of your name, what do you think they think? I want you to think about it from another angle. Think of others now. I'm going to say an adjective, and I want you to think of what name is the first one that pops in your head. It might be someone you know. It might be someone famous or something, but just pay attention to what pops into your head First, funny, strong, anxious, a good listener, frantic, unhinged, brave. You could think of a name quickly, couldn't you, on each of those. Now, for some of those, if you thought of the person next to you, you might want to say, I'm grateful I thought of you for that because you are strong and funny and brave. For the other ones, you might want to have a conversation. I've noticed you've been a little anxious lately, a little frantic lately. If my name came to mind, please come talk to me. Now, try it this way. What about these adjectives? What name comes to mind? Merciful. Gracious steadfast, just, holy, creator, healer, counselor, redeemer, savior, friend. See, names are more than just names. For a name represents all we are. And the names of God reveal to us, in part, who God is. We're in the last Sunday of our current series, From a Hat. 
And this is when you all submit ideas on what you would like to be preached on. And the week prior, we pull out of the hat what we're going to preach on. So last week, uh, we pulled out of the hat names of God. And so that's the focus point today. And it's quite interesting because it actually sets up our next series incredibly well. Incredibly well. Because the names of God reveal the character of God. So when we dive into our God is series, all about the attributes, the character of God, really we see how this is a precursor to that series. Hear what it says in Psalm chapter 9, verse 10. The psalmist writes this, Those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Why would we put our trust in God simply by knowing his name? Because to know his name is to know his character. To know his name is to know his character. And the more we know his character, the more we trust him because the more we see just how incredible our God is. Now, God has many names. In fact, uh, it's way too many names for just one message. But as we go through this series, this upcoming series, we'll be sure to pull out the associated names of God attached to the attributes of God. But for this morning... I'm going to focus on two names, but before we get there, I'm going to rapid fire uh, uh, kind of just a sampling of some of the names of God. So on the screen in a moment, you're going to see the Hebrew uh, kind of name of God, and then I will read kind of the description, the English translation of that name. And as you listen, my encouragement is to simply bask in what is revealed about this amazing God. So what is the name of our God? He is the Lord, the strong one. He is the God most high, the all-powerful one. He is creator, the eternal God, the everlasting God, the God who sees me, the all-sufficient one. He is God almighty, and he is God with us. He is the Lord who will provide. He is the Lord who sanctifies. He is the Lord who is my banner. The Lord who heals. The Lord is my shepherd. He is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of peace. The Lord is there. The Lord is my companion. Who is this God? He is. I am. Who is he? He is the Lord who is salvation. He is the Lord who saves. How about that? How about that? That is who our God is, and he is so much more. Knowing his name will lead those who know his name to trust him. So today we are going to focus on those last two names. I am and the Lord who saves, Yahweh and Jesus. Let's go to I am first. You will find this in Exodus chapter 3, a familiar passage for many, but I encourage you to turn to it in your Bibles all the same. Exodus chapter 3, we're going to be reading from verses 13 to 15 in this portion. 
Now this is the account of Moses engaging with God who is speaking to him through a burning bush. So Exodus chapter 3, beginning with verse 13. Hear the true word of the Lord now. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Moses asks him the question, who do I say? Who sent me? And God gives three answers in quick succession. First, in verse 14, God says, I am who I am. And then he goes on in the same verse to say, say, I am has sent me to you. And then in verse 15, God says, the Lord Take note, it's in all caps. The Lord has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Now, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here, so let's pull some of it out. When we translate into English, it comes out as I am. And that is the personal name of God that he gives us. But in Hebrew, we're not 100% sure how to pronounce it. But let's break it down, what is present to us. You see, Hebrew was originally written down uh, without vowels. So it's, it's, they would write it down uh, when they started to take written record of the scriptures. They wrote it in Hebrew, and it wasn't, they didn't have vowels indicated. Now in Hebrew language, the vowels are now indicated by little dots and dashes and accents within the consonants. But back then, it was only the consonants written down. And so the letters that, the sounds that we now use in English that they would have written down in Hebrew are Y-H-W-H. That grouping of letters is what we know as the, what God says here, and that is what is the personal name of God. We refer to that as the Tetragrammaton. I think it's how you say it. That's not the name of God. That's the words they use, but that would be a good name. We don't actually know what vowels are associated with the name of God. The best guess up to this point, the most widely held way to say it with the vowels they suspect would be the ones to make up the name of God would form into how we would say Yahweh. Yahweh. But we also say that knowing we don't actually know exactly. That's our best guess. Now, The proper personal name that God gives here as Yahweh is used 6,828 times in the Old Testament alone. That is shockingly far and above any other. That is more than three times used than the simple word for God, which is Elohim, 
which is used 2,600 times, or just L, which is 238 times. This name, in fact, shows that God aims to be known, not as just some generic deity, but as a specific person with a name that carries his unique character and mission. That is why God reveals to us here at the burning bush his personal name. Now, those from the Jewish tradition stopped saying this name, which we believe is Yahweh, altogether out of fear of accidentally taking the Lord's name in vain. We know we're not to take the Lord's name in vain, and they were so fearful of accidentally doing so and what that would mean that they just stopped saying the personal name of God. Instead, they would use the word that translates to the Lord, which is Adonai. So this is why in Scripture, whenever you come across the Lord, and it's in the all caps, the lowercase caps, the Lord, that is actually the personal name of God. That is the Y-H-W-H as it was written down, but they translate it as the Lord. I know this is like heavy like language stuff. We're almost out of the thick of it, I promise. But it is the personal name of God. So in verse 15, right there, if you want to put that back up, I know that's like, uh, yeah, we don't often go back, but we're going back now. In verse 15, where it is, the Lord, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, it's when they wrote down it was the personal name of God, okay? And that's why it was used 6,828 times. Every time you see the Lord, it's actually the personal name, Yahweh, of God. So why in the world do, do, do we, we, why does it say the Lord and not Yahweh? It's a good question. In part because those from Jewish tradition would not speak that name. And so we'll get into that in a minute, but it's tied to this. You may have also heard that the name of God is Jehovah. Have you heard that before? Jehovah. You've likely heard his name is Jehovah. It's commonly used, especially if you're describing the many names of God that begin with the Lord blank. So, for instance, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Rapha means the Lord who heals, or Jehovah's used if you're a door-to-door witness. Am I right? You know what I'm saying? But this is a strange thing. Jehovah comes from actually a mistake. It comes from combining the vowels for Adonai, that's the word for the Lord, those are the vowels for Adonai, with the consonants of the Tetragrammaton, the Y-H-W-H. In Jewish tradition, once they started to add vowels, they would add, in Jewish tradition, they would add the vowels for the Lord, for Adonai, underneath Yahweh, because Jews knew they would not speak the name of God. And so when they came across Yahweh, they'd see the vowels for the Lord and know to read it and say it as the Lord. But, so the Jewish people knew this, but in the 16th century, a German translator did not know this. And so he translated it as we would, as it was written, but uh, in his own language. And then he changed the Y sound to a J sound, which actually is not present in the Hebrew language, believe it or not. And that's how we get Jehovah. 
Now, does that mean every time we say that it's wrong? Well, no, no. You know, this has been for years and years and years going on. I'm not going to correct someone if they say that, but I think it's interesting to know the history of this stuff. But the last point before we're moving on is, should we use the name Yahweh? Have you thought of that? If Jews chose not to use the name, is it appropriate for us to use the name? Now, you may differ from me on this, and that's okay. This isn't a deal breaker for any of us. But where I have come to fall is that God knows our heart. He knows our every thought. He knows our every intention. I don't think we can accidentally take the Lord's name in vain, for he knows our heart on if we mean to or not. See, he doesn't command anywhere that we don't use his name. And in fact, God seems to always want to draw closer to us, always longing for more intimacy with his creation. Does that mean that we disrespect his name? By, by no means. We hold his name with the highest of reverence. But we also need not fear speaking the name he has revealed to us. The name that is written down in his holy scriptures over 6,000 times. For he is not some far off, distant, uncaring God. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is the one who is. He is I am. He is Yahweh. And so what does this name mean? I am I am who I am. Now, for those who were raised on Dr. Seuss, this is different than Sam I am, okay? And for those a little older, this is different from Popeye. His is I am who I am, okay? So this is different from all of that. This comes way before. It's so different. In fact, that's the idea is God is so fully and completely and utterly outside of our scope of total understanding. He is holy as in H-O-L-Y, and holy, as in completely other. Us humans have a set beginning. We have a set end. We are creation, but God does not. He simply is. One of the hardest questions for my, my, my children to try and fathom is, well, who created God? And I say no one created God. God always has been He's the creator. He, he just is. There was no before him. There always was him, and no one created him. And that's a wrestling, because created can't understand that. But that's who he is. He simply is. And his name does not just describe the fact that he is eternal and everlasting, which we'll be talking about in the coming weeks. It also describes that he is who he is to the complete degree, all at once, always and forever. Theologically, this is called the simplicity of God. That is not to say he is simple as though um, he's a simpleton. That's not what that word means. What simple means is he's not made up of parts. It is a, like in engineering terms, it is one, he is one being. He is one God. He is completely all of him, all at once, to the utmost, always and forever. So whereas the other names of God will draw our attention to the majestic attributes of God. His name, I Am, does not limit God's nature to any particular characteristic. God is who he is. He is what he is. He does not change. The same God who gave his covenant to Abraham, to Isaac, 
and to Jacob. It's the same God who here speaks to Moses, who is the same God who is present in our midst today. We sometimes like to highlight one characteristic of God over and above the other, you know? Now, in one way, this actually can be a helpful and appropriate practice. Not over and above, but we focus in on on one. And what I mean is, uh, when we are in the hospital, to know that one of the names of God is Yahweh Rapha, the God who heals, the God of healing, to know that is helpful, to know he can and does heal. To know that he is the God of mercy is helpful when we come face to face with the reality of our sin. When we learn that one of God's names is the Lord is peace, then we know when our world is crumbling around us that in him, he doesn't change. He is still, even now, the God of peace. That is helpful to know the names of God. But on the dangerous side, when we highlight one trait over and above all others at the expense of all others, that's when it gets dangerous. And that's when we get really stuck on difficult questions, like how can God be both loving and just? We present that in our human created nature as an either-or type of thing, but in God there is no either-or. He is God. He is at the same time, all the time, the definition of love, and at the same time, to the fullest degree, he is also just. That means his justice, in the fullness of his justice, he is also at the fullest of his love and vice versa. It is not an either or. He is who he is. And that is what is so amazing about the glorious name I am. He is who he is. Us humans are fickle. Am I right? Am I right? Uh, Quentin, you've known me for 10 years. I am different now than I was then. Maybe in some ways better, hopefully by God's grace. In some ways, maybe not, right? We are fickle. We change. God does not change. And that is a comfort and a gift. And check this out. The infinite, the absolute, self-determining God we read about in Exodus is the same God who draws near to us in Jesus Christ. Think of the name of Jesus. God longs to make himself known to us in the giving of a personal name of Yahweh, that is, I am. And then he further reveals himself personally to us through the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, take it from Jesus' own words in John 8, coming to you from verses 56 to 58. Jesus says this, your father Abraham rejoiced that he was to see my day. He saw it and was glad. But the Jews said to him, You're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, say it with me, I am. I am. Jesus Christ is our clearest example of this majestic and unchanging God. You know his name. We read of it in Matthew 1 when the angel comes and says, Mary, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. His name is Jesus. In Hebrew, that is Yeshua. 
It's the same root that come, Joshua comes out of. Many of you knew that. The Lord, it means this. The Lord is salvation. The Lord saves. So yes, Jesus is the one who will save his people from their sins. And God is most closely revealed to us through Jesus Christ. In fact, that is the focus of Pastor Curry's message next week as we dive into the knowable attributes of an unknowable God. Figure that one out. But what you must know today is that there is one name, a personal name, an intimate name, a powerful name that carries with it the very authority of the one who is I am. And that is the name that is above every other name. And that name is Jesus Christ. You know it. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His name is above every name. It's the name of Jesus. He is the one who saves. As it says in Acts 4, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other, what is that? name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Natalie put her faith in this name today. And you heard the passage that we read earlier. For everyone who calls on the what? Name of the Lord will be saved. He is our Savior. And that means if he is our savior, if, if he is the one who is, if he has power over all evil and all sin and even death, he can defeat death, he can do anything. And what does he tell us? That means when we pray, we don't pray on our own power and authority. I promise you, if you try to pray in the name of Kevin Sanders, you're going to be deeply disappointed. Don't do it. But when we call on the name that is above all, all names. We call upon the very power of the Savior. You know what he tells us. We can't even fathom this because it seems so unbelievable, but Jesus tells us, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Another example of the power of his name comes in Luke 10, the 72. That's the disciples he sent out, teaching them, telling them, teach and preach and pray in my name. And they return with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in what? Your name. What's in a name? A lot more than meets the eye. And in the personal name of God, I am Yahweh. We know we have a God that we can trust. He is who he is. He is himself always and forever to the fullest degree. And who is he? He's our creator. He's our redeemer. He's our savior. He's our friend. Jesus Christ is the one who saves. He is the one who saves you. And if you have called on the name of Jesus Christ, then you also bear his name. What do they call us that follow Jesus? Christians. 
Christians, Christ in us. So the question is, do you know his name? Do you know his name? Do you know him who bears that name? And do you bear his name? Meaning, when people see you, do they see the Christ that is in you? Do you believe he is who he says he is? May we all draw ever closer to him. May we seek after him. May we desire to learn more about him and be more like him. For where we go, we bear his name. And his name is the one that is above all others. He is, I am. He is the one who saves. What's in a name? I dare say, draw close to God and find out. May it be so for all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that your name reveals who you are. And Lord, we admit that this entire life is a lifelong journey of seeking to know you. And when we get to the very end, we know we have truly just begun to fathom. And yet, God, you're not like all those false gods with uh, just one name each over one area where there's a God of rain and the God of land and the God of plenty. And all of this, you are the one actual true God who reigns above it all with one name that is above it all. So we pray, Lord, that we can come to understand the power that is present in your name. For in your name is the very power that conquered death. In your name is the very power that created the heavens and the earth. Through your word, you create. And we, as your created beings, just worship you again in humble awe, thanking you for who you are, and how wonderful you are. God, may we take what we have heard today and be transformed by the power of your word. We thank you that you do not leave us to our own devices, but you've sent a Savior to save us and your Spirit to be ever with us. So we say thank you. Pray this all in the powerful name that is above all names, Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, Amen.